Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Press. Fellas, what's good? Oh, DC. A-Dub, what's a good word, my guy? Hey, everything is good over here, Press. What's happening, man? Man, I'm over here sipping on a little vino. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit going down smooth. So, audience, you about to get some hot takes tonight. That's what I'm talking about. I'm over here still trying to digest some jambalaya that I made the other night. You know, the more we talk about jambalaya on this show, I'm starting to, like, throw a little extra in there. You know, trying to, like, really, really, really spice it up a little bit, man. You you got me feeling all good. Like, yeah, I do got good jambalaya. Let me made a pot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to get my chef boy RDC on. That's all. I feel you, but you know what, audience? I feel left out because this man has been talking about this jambalaya. How come I ain't never had a bowl of it? A Dub ain't never had a bowl of it. We need to have a bowl of this jambalaya. We need to know what's we need to know what's good. Now nah, that's an official Thanksgiving dish. DC's jambalaya is right next to the to the stuffing and the and the cranberry sauce. Oh shit! I like it. About to be a friendsgiving dish. All right. We doing it. Done. We holding you to that. Hey. <laughs> All right. Well, audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. You guys can access Crave It on Apple Android applications. Join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. Fellas, I still am riding the wave with the Chicago sky. Now, I know, audience, you guys might be like, oh, man, you guys still talking about them winning that championship? Yup. And we're going to keep talking about it. <laughs> You're damn right we're going to keep talking about it. you goddamn right. Because we haven't had a lot of championships as recently with, with Chicago. So we have to embrace this situation. But also, fellas, when I saw how they didn't even have enough merchandise at one point, and they were selling out everywhere, and I'm like, well, wait, first of all, why is it that they don't have enough merchandise for the WNBA? Well, I'll let y'all think about that part. But then I saw that the Chicago Sky they had the fastest selling gear out there, guys. And I said, damn, that speaks wonders to not only Chicago, but how popular this team was. And it's always speaks to the people that who are recognizing this team for what they have accomplished. You know, Chicago, you know how we do it. When our team wins, I'm pretty sure we're responsible for telling those merchandise sales. You know, we go out, we support, we represent. You know, even some of those bandwagon fans that, that may have fell off back in the day and then just all of a sudden just caught up this year, just recently. It's OK. We still all come together and support show love. So I'm not surprised that that it, it's the number one fastest selling merch. To that point, do you see 
it's okay if you jump on this bandwagon. I had some people that were texting me and they're like, hey, Priz, how you feel about these people that you know that they didn't care nothing about the WNBA a month ago? And they out here at the parade, they out here at the rally, they out here acting like they know about all the players on the team. I said, you know what? I don't care. Because right now, support is support. Now, this is a product that two years ago, when I went to my first WNBA game, and I'm also, you know, someone that somebody should like look at that way. Because two years ago, that was the first time I went to a Chicago Sky game. They've been here for seven seasons. So I'm just as guilty as anybody else out here. But guess what? When I went to that first game, I realized, like, damn, this is a fun product. And they weren't even at the championship contender. This was before Candace Parker came here. So this season, when A-Dob and I went to a couple games, and I looked over at him and I said, man, when these fans going to realize this team right here, they put out a good product. So it was just perfect timing, guys, that this team stepped up in the way that they did in the manner that they did, and they forced people to pay attention to them. I mean, these ladies start winning. They start putting on a great show. And those who actually got a chance to uh, see the game, they start to spread the word. And these ladies didn't disappoint. So you can see, end up with us getting a championship. Especially when you count it out, no one's even talking about you, but then you give them a reason to talk about you. You know, as you guys just mentioned, the ladies have to go out there and get that job done and give us something to cheer for. And not just them, but all sports across the city of Chicago. You know, if you're going to put your support and your loyalty behind a team, they got to give you something to cheer for. So they did a great job of that. And we can't can't not celebrate them enough on this pod. You know, we, we're one of the few pods out there that do give the Chicago Sky their flowers. So, so That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Talk that talk. As I told y'all last week, look at that podcast cover. Look at the first episode of this podcast. We've been rocking with these ladies, and we're going to continue to rock with them. And fellas, fanatics, now, everybody knows that's the go-to place for your gear. They made a statement this week where they said, out of every team in the WNBA that won the title, our squad sold more gear. They sold out. They ain't got nothing. Shit, I was, I, I was trying to get a polo. I was like, man, brother can't get a polo? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do the same thing, man. I said, okay, I see what's going on here. So they got mine early. <laughs> That's all right. But you know what? We're going to learn from our mistakes, A-Dub. We're going to be better. Because <laughs> I just want to get my little top button swag going on the polo joint. You know what I'm saying? Top button swag, y'all. That's all. That's all to represent, man. That's it. Look good with it, brother. Audience, now I know last week I said we were going to wait and hold off on the Cubs and White Sox talk. And I know some of you guys are like, yeah, we really don't even care about baseball at this point. The Sox <laughs> disappointed us. The Cubs are the Cubs. Whatever, right? How right. I still want to do it justice because this is the Chicago state of mind. So we do have to talk about it because this was important news that's happened with our baseball tapes. So let me kick this over to my brother, A-Dub. Carter Hawkins, new GM. Talk to him. New GM, he's a young guy, Frizz. He's been with Cleveland for about 14 seasons. I mean, he's done a good job at developing their pitching staff and things of that nature. So I think it's a pretty good pick for the um, Cubs, man, to bring him on board. They know the issue that we have with our team right now that is pitching, so he can help definitely with that department. Carter was there when the Cubs beat them in, what was that, 2016, right? 2016, yes, sir. He was there, yep. So getting him now, man. Hey, he going to come on board? This is actually a, what, a step up for him. I think he was assistant GM the last five years, so this is a step up. So he's seen it all, Chris. He's seen Cleveland get to the get to the World Series and lose, and he's seen us kick the ass, too. 
some may say we don't know yet. The verdict is still out on if this is a step up for them. We'll see. Because that Cleveland Indians team, and they got some good young talent there. Now, they're in a the division with that juggernaut. We already know who they are. I don't even have to tell y'all about that juggernaut. You know I'm ride or die loyal to the grave on my Chicago Bulls. And I, I just want to throw this take out there. I feel like the job that Arturis Karnishevis and Mark Eversley has done with the Chicago Bulls, I feel like that's putting some heat on our on our fellow fellow teams in Chicago. I feel like the Cubs realize, like, oh, wow, look at the way that franchise turned it around. Like, we have some hungry, diehard Cubs fans in this city. And you know the Cubs fan base, much like the Bears fan base, I I joke around with my guys all the time. I don't think the Bulls fan base is as loud and as vocal as those two fan bases down there, the Cubs and the Bears. So to make a move like this right now, get some new energy in there, I feel like, like I said, you know, the heat is on. So they they have to come in, reshape this, and and then really turn this thing around because you guys got some loyal Cub fans that, that want another World Series. I think the problem, do you see what that is? When you look at the Bulls games, and you look at the people that are sitting out there, these folks got suits on. They obviously look like they're out there entertaining folks, so they be sitting on their hands. At Bears games, man, I got people from Bridgeport to sit next to me. I got people from Joliet to sit next to me. These are real fans. And it's the same way A-Dub probably sees when he goes to the Cubs games. I definitely see it when I'm at the cell. So my point is, I wish that more Bulls fans could actually get out to that stadium. Honestly, this season, we're going to get into it. But the roar is back at the UC, and it's been missing for some years, boys. Beautiful sight to see. And the other day, I was on YouTube, and I was watching the Eastern Conference Finals, Bulls versus Knicks at the Chicago Stadium. And, Frizz, when you said that roar, there was no other sound like the sound from the crowd at the Chicago Stadium, man. It was Oh, um God. Brother, brother, brother. I got, I got a Chicago stadium story for y'all it's not gonna be for this episode but audience i'm gonna get that to y'all on another episode but my memories of chicago stadium are like none other it's probably the best stadium i've ever been in and people will joke they'll say oh it was rats in there that place stunk <laughs> i don't give a fuck i'm a south side i don't care you know rat gonna scare me <laughs> <laughs> hey you sound just like a south side cat for real man no doubt I ain't worried about that shit. I'm over here like Michael Jackson. That's my boy, Ben. Ben, all right, leave him alone. (laughs) Ben, good. You straight. You straight. (laughs) But audience, I know we deviated there for a second. But no, back to the the situation with the Cubs. The reason why I think that this move was important for them, they need to change their culture up a little bit. And I think bringing somebody in that comes from that Cleveland Indians system, that's going to be good for them. And we'll see what it means because... One of the things that the Cubs have to do a better job of is bringing up more of that homegrown talent. That was something that the Cleveland Indians, that's how they really got that team back up there. So I'm thinking that Carter Hawkins is going to come in here and be able to really help them to like get that talent back going up through the farm system again. Because you guys depleted your farm system, a Doug. Yeah, man. I think he can help with that for sure. You're right, Perez. I mean, this guy supervised the team's player development department uh, for Cleveland. So if you can come over and bring some of that experience, that talent, Perez, over to Chicago, that definitely would help. Because, you know, man, as I said before, we actually have struggled. We got some pitches right now that need the help and need the work. Yeah, he'll be able to come in here and help with that. Because like you said, in Cleveland, they had some of the best pitcher development. That's an area where you guys will be able to really excel at going here in the future. Absolutely. 
And I believe he's a Vanderbilt graduate too. So, you know, kind of have an idea about who we are here. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Though. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It sounds good. But audience, <laughs> we go segue over very briefly to the White Sox here. Tony Russo returned to 2022. Now, you guys heard when I did my eulogy of the White Sox season. <laughs> now, I was not very happy with one Tony LaRusso. And the fact that he's returning, I'm indifferent about it. Okay, cool, fine, whatever. There was a moment there, fellas, that I kind of thought that the St. Louis Cardinals were going to go after him because they fired their manager. When I saw that happen, I said, uh-oh, Ooh. we might have some drama here. But <laughs> they didn't end up getting him, and then Tony, we got the report that he was coming back. And when I look at this move, the fact that Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson both came out with support of Tony Russo, that goes to show you that that locker room is behind him. So as a fan of this team, I have no reason but to fall in line. Well, I can understand that, you know. He got the, the key guys on his team rally around him. That's always good, right? So you got their buy-in. I'm not mad about you all keeping Tony LaRusa. I mean, so far, he hasn't done a terrible job, so I can see why you all want to keep him. Hey, listen, man, we won that division. Now, in my mind, listen, D.C., you and I, man, we had World Series dreams. And the Houston Astros, the bastards that they are, they destroyed those dreams. And I hate when a good dream just gets ruined. But anyway, it's okay. We're going to be okay. Is it? But is it? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because, and I've had some Cub fans in my family, and, you know, my brother, he's a big Cubs fan, and he's also kind of an asshole. But the thing is, <laughs> he was like, oh, well, I would much rather not go into the playoffs than to have what happened there. And I'm just like, yeah. And that's like the person that's unemployed, like, oh, well, I don't care about like that. I'm just getting paid anyway. Well, you're a loser. So that's that mentality. I'm like, that's why you guys are Cubs fans. And I'm not trying to shit on Cubs fans. But y'all got to stop trolling. Because I wasn't trolling Cubs fans for their season. Me and A-Dub, we had a little healthy back and forth dialogue. That was it. I didn't send any text message to my Cub friends out there saying, man, y'all season this and that. No, didn't do that. But A-Dub, my phone was blowing up after that game, and I had to turn my phone off. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Hey, look, friends, I hear you, and I know you not like that. But damn it, you an exception to the rule. I'm going to call it what it is. You an exception. You know this. I got White Sox fans who've been killing me all year. All year. Like, as if the Cubs have been bad for 20 years or some shit. But it's cool. It's cool. I ain't mad, bro. But I'm just telling you, you are different, Fritz. You've been cool. I'm sorry you have to take some of that backlash, bro. We just took it out on you, man. You, you ain't deserve all that. So I'm sorry. Hey, but they went after the wrong guy because I when, I when I turned that phone off and then the next day when I turned that bitch back on, <laughs> hey, shit, I was like Denzel in training day. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk to me? <laughs> You're right. He's like, shoot program. <laughs> I hear you, brother. <laughs> hey, I'm with you, friends. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's my public service announcement for Chicago Cubs fans. Listen, not all Sox fans deserve all that nonsense. We were upset about what happened to our team. You know, and I don't hate the Cubs. I just choose to cheer for a different team. We're all Chicago. You know what I'm saying? We're one city. So just next time, people, just think before you start sending all that bullshit to people's phones. That's all. Keep that same energy when 
We back next year. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Drop the mic with them, brother. Y'all should be back next year. No doubt. No, we're going to be good. Well, a situation that I wish it was better because <laughs> can't say nothing good about these Bears, especially after what happened in that damn game against the Bucks, guys. So, I want to get your takeaways from that Buccaneers just blowout, that 38-3 defeat that we had down there in Tampa. I have watched a lot of football in my life, but that shit right there, that shit right there, no, man, that, that was embarrassing. And we saw possibly the worst. I think Justin Fields looked a little bit worse than he did in that Cleveland Browns game. Because look at the frustration on his face. We talked about it, Prez. He was more composed a few weeks back. You know, he said, that's okay. You know, I get sacked nine times, I'm going to get right back up. This game right here against Tom Brady, we all knew it. We all knew we were going to lose, but damn. Look, Prez, I got to tell you, man, it was a shit show. A shit show performance from our Bears, man. No doubt from coaching all the way down to the players. We didn't look good on either side of the ball, and we played like it. So play like shit, man. It's the one of those games you just wish you want to throw out the whole playbook. You want to throw out the whole game plan and toss all that shit and throw it in the trash can. <laughs> I feel you hate that. I feel like all of Bears Nation feels that same way. And to DC's point earlier, what he was making with Justin Fields, yeah, man, that, 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 and we talked about it on DB. When they showed pan to him on the sideline and this man was looking up to the heavens, I just wanted to tell him. Ain't nothing up there for you, bro. <laughs> like, this is awful. Your head coach is a fucking moron. So God can't help you with that. He just can't. God is a great person, but Matt Nagy is who he is. Right. And this is the thing. Matt Nagy, this guy ruins shit. He ruins everything he touches. And no quarterback, and I've said this to many people, no quarterback is going to succeed in his system. It doesn't work. That's my biggest takeaway. It's just this shit don't work. That's all. At this point now, we got to squash that. We really do, man. That system got to go. And what else is that's got to go is, you know, we got to really take a hard look at this offensive line and the ineptitude that it has displayed, not just this season, but for as long as I can remember. What's got to go is the sorry excuse, whatever Ryan Pace or whoever else in that front office is allowing on that field as far as the offensive line goes. It's ridiculous. No reason why Justin Fields, I want to say, is what? The most sacked quarterback in the NFL? I want to say that. Like, that's, he's, uh, that's he's, he's, he's up there. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it, that terrible offensive line has got to go. Now, DC, I'm glad you brought up that point because while everybody's out here taking their shots at, at Nagy, I'm like, well, who's the guy that was responsible for this roster? Because not enough people are talking about the roster that's on this field. Is it the fact that, okay, fine, you got bad coaching, but do we have the talent, especially on offense, to get the job done? I just wonder, especially on that fucking offensive line. Now, they may open up holes in the running game because we've seen Khalil Herbert. He's emerged, and we're going right. to definitely talk about that here in a second. But from a pass protection standpoint, you traded up to draft Justin Fields, and you thought it was a right idea to gamble on Jermaine Effetti at right tackle. You thought it was the right idea to depend on a rookie to be a left tackle. Well, Ryan Pace, both of those moves backfired on you, bro. And now we got our Maserati that's all banged up right now. You don't want to crash no Maserati. It's a Maserati. 
Shit, if that's what you want to do, you should have stuck with fucking Dalton. Should throw fucking Nick Foles out there. They should have thrown Nick Foles in the African game. Why did Justin Fields get put back in the game in the fourth quarter? There was no point. That's neglect. That's abuse. Really was no need for the quarterback to come back out there, man. That's all just <laughs> causing more pain and, and, and hits on Justin Fields unnecessarily. The game is out of reach. We had no chance to win that game. But the other thing that you thought you brought up, man, was around Ryan Pace, man, and the things he brought and how he built this team. I mean, it makes it look really bad. Even that Charles Leno cut still looks bad right now. It's like, damn, man, all the things you've done so far looks really bad when it comes down to the offensive line. Well, I will say this, because I agree with you with the Leno cut at the time. I told you, I said, eh, what are they doing here? Because I thought Tevin Jenkins would have probably been better on the right side until you give right. him a year to develop and put him on the left side. Jason Peters has been decent there on the left tackle side, so I'm okay, because he showed some nasty side to him that Charles Leno never showed. I mean. The only nasty person in that Leno family was his wife. But we will digress. <laughs> we'll talk about somebody else. Yeah, salute to Peters, man. I got to give him his props, though, because you're right. He bounced back once he started getting you know more time playing with his team, getting himself more in shape and all those things. He's played a lot better. So I will give the guy a lot of credit around that to be an older player. So let's get into Khalil Herbert. So I talked earlier about his emergence. And I would say this, A-Dub, you and I talked about this. Any Bears fan out there that said that they saw Khalil Herbert being this type of player, putting up this type of production, you're a liar. Now, in training camp, A-Dub, we were at Hallis Hall. We saw some of the stuff that he was doing out there, and I said, man, this kid's going to be nice. He's going to be decent. Yep. I didn't think that it was going to happen this season. So now when you look at this emergence of Khalil Herbert, you look at it now, you're like, okay, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, that's going to be a nice little one-two punch. But now you got people that are saying, well, should Khalil Herbert take some carries away from David Montgomery? So, fellas, what do y'all think about that? For me, I'm like, shit, why not? Truth be told, we got two-headed monsters that can continue to carry the load. That's good for us because they both are, as I talked about before, Chris, they're different running backs. They're different style of running backs. And I'm telling you, Montgomery is great. You got Herbert coming with a different style that's pretty good as well. So we can continue to apply pressure on those opposing defenses with those two guys running the way they run. Yeah, and once David Montgomery is back, I don't see any reason why you can't, much like A-Dub just said, pretty much operate under a two-headed monster scheme. You know, like they both need to get their fair share of carries. And if for some reason our our coaches can get their heads out of their asses and put hmm. together decent offense, then that's only going to be more lethal as the season does progress. Because right now I get it, we're three and four. But with the emergence of Khalil Herbert, we can steady the ship and, and, and still salvage this season somewhere. That's an incredible point that you guys both made because, okay, when you look at this, look at David Montgomery's running style. David Montgomery is one of my favorite players on this damn Bears team. A-Dub was over there talking to him at, at Hallis Hall, and A-Dub was like, hey, you're going to run for What did you sell on A-Dub? How many yards this season? 2,000. <laughs> 2,000? Yeah, or, or 1,500, something like that. But anyway. Something like that, yep. Yeah. No, no, no. You asked him 1,500, and he said 2,000, whatever the case may be. I love that kid's confidence. I love his running style. But when you think about his running style, his running style leads to injuries and the fact that he takes a lot of punishment. So when I look at a Khalil Herbert emerging this way and the fact that you guys both say, hey, let's split those carries, well, that's a great way to keep both of these guys fresh but also keeps them healthy, and they both have shown that they can run the rock and run the rock well. And that also should help you as a coach to be able to scheme better with those two guys? Well, one would think, but, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great for you, my brother. 
Now, one thing that I do want to ask you guys, and I bet our listeners want to know our thoughts on this, with the trade deadline approaching, the Bears are three and four, and as I said on DB, I think this team is going nowhere fast. And it pains me to say that type of shit. I am a diehard fan of this team. When the Bears lose, my Monday's fucked. And I already hate Mondays anyway because I already know what's waiting for me when I go back to work. So it's ruined. So Monday this week is sucked. So now when you look at going ahead, you look at this team on paper, the trade deadline's coming up, three and four. I don't see this team as being a viable playoff team here in 2021. So I'm going to ask you guys, because I got a lot for this segment, but I want to know, are there any guys here that you're looking at on this roster right now that you're like, listen, we should be looking at probably shopping a couple of these guys. Who do you guys have? I have one of the guys that I never thought I would have to say at this point, Chris. I got A-Rob, man. And the reason I'm saying A-Rob, I love A-Rob. The fact is, we ain't using him. What's the purpose of having a guy like him around our team that we used very well last season, that we're not utilizing as much at all this season, and the way we're playing as a whole, why keep him on the team? It's a waste. Waste of money, waste of time. Hey, Doug, that ain't a bad point there, because that was a while ago. If you'd have said that, I might have tried to steal on you. But But right there, when you said that, I didn't feel any kind of way about that. You know why? Because it's obvious that he's not going to be here next season. They're not utilizing him this season, and him and Justin do not have any sort of chemistry. That's not a bad point there. Also, by trading him, that's freeing up cap space. Freedom cap space, and we may be able to get something back for him, right? Maybe get some, you know, some good draft picks. Maybe I don't know, but we're gonna get something back from. I would think. Yeah, maybe a draft pick. You know, uh, maybe a draft, pick. Uh, a, yeah, a, yeah, little uh, late, a little late rounder, but you know, you'll get yeah. some sort of asset. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Which we need anyway. I'm gonna echo a dub here because I would hate to to part ways with this dude. This is this dude has been solid for us since 2016. Akeem Hicks. Woo! He might Oof. make the Bears slightly better return. Than a rock I think um, so too. Just, I think so. Yep. Just for the simple fact that going down the stretch, we're not going to make any noise in the playoffs. Let's just call it, you know, call it what it is. But there is a team out there that is going to be in. And Akeem Hicks would be in high demand. Let's put it like that. And then his, his contract's up, so you, got, you might have to just get what you can for him because if we're going to run back Nagy again. And, and just the same, like I said, ineptitude. That's the word of the day. <laughs> that that that. <laughs> This franchise seems to keep trotting out there. I wouldn't want to return if I'm a king. So first of all, DC, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Don't you put that evil (laughs) on me? (laughs) Right. Well, Hakeem Hicks, I agree with you guys. He wanted an extension before the season. It didn't happen. Shit, for one while there, we thought that he wasn't even going to return this year. He started taking all his Chicago Bears affiliated stuff off his social media, which. It's weird, though, that in this day and age that we, when we see somebody taking their affiliation off of a social media page, you're like, oh, man, they're unhappy. It's just weird how the social media thing is taking over everything. But anyway, DC, that's a good one because Hakeem Hicks, that's the heart and soul of this defense. He's done well for us. However, right. he's probably another guy that's not coming back here next season, so why not get a couple assets? And that pains me to even say that because I love him. I love what he brings to the table. That guy right there, man, he is one of my favorite players on this team. One of my absolute favorite players on this team. Yeah, I like Hakeem Hicks as well, Fred. You're right, man. That's the guy that we always talked about, clogging up that middle, man, stopping those runs, and even putting pressure on the quarterback. Lose to him is a big loss, but I think you're right. What D.C. mentioned about good value back from him, he may be the one. He will. Now, my guy, 
and this is not going to be any surprise for anybody that's come over from the Bears Central's podcast, Nick Foles. I'm not going to go too in on this. <laughs> Get him the fuck off this team, Ryan Pace. Get him the fuck out of here. First of all, he shouldn't be wearing number nine because as far as I'm concerned, the only number nine in my universe is Jim McMahon. You ain't no punky QB. You just a <laughs> all right? Fuck you. Get off this team. That's it. Get him out of here. Hey. Fuck that guy. Hey, much I can say on that, Perez, he should have been gone a long time ago that we wanted him to be. But at this point, he's still here. He should be off. I hope he's talking about a trade deadline. I'm quite sure somebody could use him in this system. But now I will say this, audience, now that I've calmed down a second, trading him, we would have a pretty big cap, dead cap hit. But man, this guy is a third string quarterback on this team and getting paid what he's getting paid. First of all, you know what? Fuck that. This is another indictment about <laughs> Ryan Pace. Now, I'm trying to keep the vibes positive here, but I can't. Because when I think about this situation here, Ryan Pace, why did you trade for this guy? Why did you sign Andy Dalton? See, everything goes back to this guy. We talked about the offensive line. DC, you brought that point up earlier. Who's the person that's responsible for constructing this roster? Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace, so for sure. Everything points back to him. We're going to be in salary cap hell for the next couple of seasons. you got an aging defense. You got Eddie Jackson on this team making all this goddamn money. He ain't making no plays out there. What do we have on this team right now? We're wasting Khalil Max prime. Now Khalil Max going on the damn, pretty much he's probably going to go on the RR. Now he's beaten up because he's gutting it out every fucking week, getting beaten up there by the time with this team is a contender team. What's he going to be, 32, 33? What are we uh, doing? The clock is ticking on Khalil Max. Him being banged up for us this year, he's banged up last year. It's the guy putting in so much work, you know, trying to win these games. And unfortunately, the injuries is going to start to hit a little bit. So we can't waste them, man. While we got the best of him, we got to make sure we make some a big impact to help this guy out. But Ryan Pace, come on, man. Got to do a better job. I'm saying it's a cl- it's a clown show at Hallis Hall. It's, it's disappointing. But to my point earlier about Acme putting the pressure on these uh, front office guys in Chicago, I'm just saying, you know, you saw the Cubs make a move. It's only a matter of time before the Bears have to follow suit and get some some fresh blood in there at Hallis Hall. It sounds good. But you know what, DC? You might be right because we didn't think that the Bulls were going to do what they what they did, and they actually did it. But the Bulls, you know why they made those moves? And I think we talked about this before on this show. But I think that all-star game coming to Chicago, that really put the onus on the Reinsdorfs to make a move happen. Because the Bulls fans embarrassed the fuck out of that franchise that whole weekend. It wasn't just that broadcast on first take. Everywhere you went, there were signs up, fire guard packs. I went to that the rookie sophomore game. It was fans that had signs up. Bulls fans weren't playing with them. Bears fans are going to have to get to that point where they embarrass this franchise. Because if not, they're going to keep trotting out these same fucking guys out there. You're going to see Nagy come back to finish his contract. They're going to find a way to justify that. Ryan Pace is going to find a way to come back, and they're going to talk you into thinking that he does things the right way because he gets really good hits on these late-round draft picks. But then they'll fail to realize that he misses on all his fucking early-round draft picks. Right. He's made a mess of this fucking salary cap. There's so many things about Ryan Pace that just really bothers me. It bothers me. Like, that's the thing. When you guys are listening to us on this show, we can be objective. But we're fans at the heart of who we are here on this show. It pains me when I look at a game that like I saw on Sunday. That shit bothered me. I never want to sit and watch a, a damn football game. We were all 
me, DC, and A-Dub, and we're one of our other buddies. We're all watching this game. Tell me why by the second quarter, we're over here talking about what we're doing in the next week. That should never be a situation where we're watching a fucking Bears game that we worried about anything except for what's going on in that field. We were indifferent. That's not a good sign. No, it's not a good sign at all, man. And when I got my hand in my head in the second quarter and disappointment like that, Perez, I was hurt after that loss. I really was. To think that this is the franchise that carries so much history in this sense. So many Bears fans love to talk about, you know, the the rivalry with Green Bay and all of that. But, man, it's starting to sound like a broken record because we can't hang our hats on 1985 for much longer. Like, as a fan, I'm just a little disappointed that, you know, to your point, Perez, that we as fans haven't put that pressure on that franchise because we support with our money. We support with the merchandise. We support with going to games and and taking time out of our day on Sunday. And think about it. We don't want to see that bullshit. What did Kanye say? Is we don't want to see the weak shit no more. Hey, hey, hey. Let's get it. Let's get it, DC. I feel you. (laughs) But no, I mean, that's a great point because we have the power. I don't think that people realize it enough. You are the consumer. If you don't spend, they don't make money. If they don't make money, they're forced to make change. Just think about that. Good point. Let's segue over to a team that's got the good vibes. The team that we talked about a second ago that went through a lot of the hardship that the Bears are going through right now, but they cleaned house. They brought a new regime in here, and we are now seeing the fruits of the labor. Our Chicago Bulls are 4-0. And it's the first time they've been 4 0 in 25 years. And, audience, before we get into it, the last time we started the season 4 0, we won the championship. DC Tossel. Man, it's got me feeling like 1996 all over again, man. You know, the days of late great Tupac still walking this earth. You know what I mean? Like, it's got me feeling like Fresh Prince and Martin is still on the air, live. <laughs> Prince had a hairline. <laughs> <laughs> First down coats and, 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 and uh, I'm like, don't 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 take me back to the '90s prayers. Don't take me back. That's that's <laughs> my bulls, my bulls. They have taken us back to when basketball in this city meant something. And let's not forget. I'm just gonna throw a couple more flowers out there at the Chicago sky because they kicked it off with the championship. They put Chicago back on the map. And now the Bulls said, okay, ladies, we see you. Now watch this. So we are the only team, preseason included. I don't give a damn if people say, oh, preseason doesn't count. We have yet to be defeated. Let that sink in. There is not a team in the NBA that has stepped foot on the court across from our talent and defeated us, period. That's true, because people in Detroit, they sure can't say that. (laughs) Prince, hey, Detroit on your ass, man. <laughs> Leave Detroit alone, man. They coming for you, Prince. <laughs> I want all the smoke. I want all the smoke. Just like your city is up in smoke. I want it all. <laughs> Prince, don't play when they come to Detroit. We still got to get some mom spaghetti, though, right? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I would say, man. Hey, Detroit, y'all all right with me. You got some beautiful women, too, by the way. hey listen hey listen Motown that's the only thing good that came out of Detroit that was in the 60s or 70s that's it I ain't got nothing else 
<laughs> man, you leave the Jordan Love, okay? But here we go, man. I, I'm with DC in a way. I'm actually just stuck in the moment prayers because I want to digest all what I'm saying here with the Bulls, man. I'm excited. I'm really, yeah, I'm very excited what they're doing. I don't want to miss this moment. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get too high. I don't want to get too low. I just want to enjoy the goddamn ride for once. <laughs> it's been a while since I've enjoyed a ride like this year, man. My boy Zach Levine being on a, on a tear right now with winning-wise. I mean, he won the USA team. I mean, preachers you talked about still winning right now. I'm happy for him. So I'm just really just enjoying this ride right now, man. And um, our boys are doing very well, and I'm excited for them. And this is the thing, and I talked about it earlier, hearing that roar at the UC, that's something that I have not heard in some time. There will be times I'll be at the game, and I'm like, man, are these people at the opera or are they at the Bulls game? Like, what happened to us clapping and going crazy for our team? That wasn't happening. Well, that shit came back here in these last two games, and it's been very exciting to see that roar. That Friday night game, I was so proud of that crowd. I was like, man, A.W., you know how I get down at these games. Yes, I, I go do. to a game, I don't have a voice left after it. I don't care. <laughs> hey, Brett, you leave that shit on the line, no doubt. You put it all on the line. But so that's what I was proud of. I was proud of that fan base because that team, they deserve that. You think about the fact that this Bulls team hasn't had that support prior to this season. And, you know, for whatever reason, I'm not going to get into – what took place under the guard packs regime, you guys already know that it is what it is. However, this current team, this current team, they're fun. They got really good chemistry. And one of the things that a lot of people worried about was fit. And DeMar DeRozan told y'all, what are we talking about? Don't worry about no fit. We'll figure it out. Well, he was right because they have figured it out. They look like they enjoy playing with one another. When I see DeMar DeRozan out there smiling on the court, I just see him smiling like that in San Antonio. When I see Lonzo Ball out there smiling on the court, causing havoc, he wasn't playing like that when he was in L.A. He damn sure wasn't playing like that in New Orleans. Yes, sir. When you see Caruso diving on the ball, getting those MVP chants, Caruso continue to prove prayers wrong. I said that that signing was, oh, you were overpaid. Well, show me how I was a loud mouth and I was wrong, brother, because you <laughs> right now are playing your ass off, and I am so glad that you're here. It don't matter if he scores four points. It's the intangibles. It's the defense. It's the extra stuff that he's bringing, that energy, the playmaking ability. Those are the things that gets me really excited about this team, guys. No, I'm with you there, Perez. This team, you're right, is very well balanced, man. You hit a good point about the chemistry, how they plan for each other. Man, I heard Caruso say, you know, talked about the chance, Perez, about him being the MVP. He was like, hey, you know what, DeRose and Zach Levine, our best players, you all can kind of get those chance to those guys, you know? He pretty much was saying, you know what? I'm just here to help these guys out and continue to play my role as a player. And he's playing a damn good role for the Bulls. Like you said, his defense, his passing ability, man. I like what I'm saying for these guys. And then DeMar DeRozan. I mean, this guy, Perez, has no problem taking big shots. I saw him the last game, man, against his former team, the Raptors. He made all the big shots down the stretch. And I was like, whoa, he in that mid-range jump shot has been fantastic. He was in his bag. Yes, sir. Big time in his bag. And the thing that I'm seeing from this year's Bulls that is a little bit different than the vibe that's been around the practice facility the last few years is, yeah, praise to your point, the camaraderie. But just the collective spirit. Everyone has that same energy, that same goal. Like, they know they are counted out. They know what the national media is saying. 
And by the way, none of these national media want to talk to a real Bulls fan because I've, I've sat and watched and invested my time and my money watching this franchise trot out bullshit for 23 years, except for the Derrick Rose years. We'll just be honest, except for a couple of those, Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon, Chris Duhon, uh, you know, <laughs> that era Bulls. <laughs> the clock strikes 12 twice a day. Okay, I'll give them a pass. But what I'm saying is you have to understand that this team has a collective spirit of fearlessness. Like, they, they are not afraid of any other team. Like, let's just say back in the day, LeBron James, the beast of the East, Kobe Bryant. You know, when those teams come into town, into the United Center, everybody shook. Like, oh, oh, LeBron's here tonight. Oh, oh, what's going to happen? How bad are the Bulls going to lose? I don't feel that that vibe with this team. Like, oh, yeah? Okay, KD's coming in? Cool. You know, we got a tough stretch coming up. Yeah, but we sure I don't do. Team is scared. They are not afraid of anybody. Bring one, bring all. Come one, come all. They're ready for the challenge. I got to piggyback off of what uh, A-Dub talked about earlier with uh, DeMar DeRozan. That's why you brought him here. Because one of the things that I talked about earlier in the summer when we first started the podcast, I said that the Bulls last season, outside of Zach Levine, there were no guys that could go get you a bucket. Well, DeBron Rose is going to be able to fill that role. He's going to be that closer in that fourth quarter. Teams can't gear up or load up on Zach Levine because you got DeMar DeRozan there. And you saw what he did in that Raptors game, possession after possession. He got that ball. He got to his spot, turnaround, fadeaway jumper, cash. From Compton yes, to the shot, baby, from Compton to the shot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Money right there. Rosen, man, got, man. He still got a lot left in that tank. But definitely, I am liking Zach Levine, man. Zach Levine has welcomed these guys to this team, you know? Zach has decided to even, hey, if I am not got, if I don't have the shot going, I can defer those guys. I'll just play defense, you know? But I got to give Zach his credit, though, as well, because, I mean, those third quarters, Zach has come to, like, hey, keep that motor going. He's been making some big shots in that third quarter. And when he heat up, the team know to go to him, man, you know? So it's like these guys are playing together and for each other. That's what you enjoy most about this team. And one more thing, too is if you see the way that Toronto game unfolded, they almost gave it away. But after the game, even though the W is nice, there was some pissed off looks on their faces. Like, <laughs> right. We're not happy with this. You know, yeah, we, we lucky to get out of Toronto, but we know we got to clean this up because there is a bigger goal. There's a, there's a championship. You know, like I feel like you know, and again, call me crazy, whatever. But this team was not assembled not to have championship aspirations. Like, they want to contend in this Eastern Conference. You bring up a good point, DC. We were up 20 in that game, and we took our feet off the gas. Started making some bad mistakes against Toronto, turned the ball over, that kind of a thing. But you're right. That taught us a lesson that, hey, even though we're up big, we still got to play through shit like that. We still got to play to keep our foot in that gas. Well, that's a fair point. But I, I look at this. We got the Knicks game on deck, and by the time that this podcast comes out, that Knicks game have already happened. But my prediction is we're going to beat the shit out of the Knicks. But, hey, Derrick Rose, <laughs> we still fuck with you. Hey, man, it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to that. The Knicks and the shot. Get back to some of the old days. Rose, Taj Gibson, Tom Thibodeau, man. It's, this is going to pull at my heartstrings a little bit, but we always know DC's loyalty is with the Chicago Bulls. So. I'm predicting a W. Take that to the bank. That's a direct deposit.
That's right. And we need that national media to put some respect on this team because I'm sick and tired of the way they talk about this team. What they say in the offseason, DeMar DeRozan was the worst offseason acquisition of any team of free agency. Well, I wonder how they feel about that now, seeing how he has seamlessly fit into the mix here and he is producing. And I only imagine that as they as that chemistry gets tighter, he's only going to continue to keep putting up buckets, man. Yes, sir, Prez. And those people who wrote him off are going to eat their words. Oh, man, these are, these are exciting times in the land. These are exciting times. The Bulls are back. The Bulls are back. I can't wait, get, <laughs> I can't wait to get to the UC, man. I don't even care. And if somebody's sitting around me and they on that bullshit talking about some sit down and this and that, I'm like, man, I wish you would tell me to sit down one more time. Say it again. Say it again. Like Pinky said. <laughs> man, man, man. Well, listeners, we are at our final segment here. If this city could talk. I'm keeping mine it's short and simple to the point. There's a lot going on in the city right now with people feeling like they're being forced and squeezed into taking the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, I'm not going to get into a whole soliloquy about which side anybody should be on. I just say if this city could talk, it would tell people to think about the greater good, think about those around you, do your research, make the best decision, and stop it with the stupid lawsuits. Good point. This city can talk. It will say Halloween is approaching. Have fun. Take care of yourself when you're out there. Wear your mask. I know you all want to also wear your costume. Enjoy yourselves. Well, someone knocking your door, have some good candy available, right? Make sure you do your, your due diligence around that piece of it. Be out there doing trick-or-treating. Just be safe and be careful. For my, if this city could talk, it's going to double down on what we've talked about a lot this episode. The Chicago Bulls are trendy again. The Chicago Bulls are making the casual fan, the 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 the, the laps fan, if you will, pay attention. And this goes out directly to the team. From the top, Mr. Reinsdorf, Mr. Jerry Reinsdorf, all the way down to the janitor that's, that's mopping the floors there at the UC. Respect to all of you guys, because you're a part of something very special for this city. And we saw the sky bring one home. 4-0 is a hell of a way to start. Let's just keep the city in mind that Chicago is and always will be the greatest city in the world. That's right. 5-0, fuck New York State of Mind, Chicago State of Mind all day. As always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. You can find Crave It on Android or Apple applications. Fellas, great catching back up with you guys with the Chicago State of Mind podcast, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The GOAT. You asked all my teammates. One thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.